0: Hi, hello, good morning, good morning, this is Annette and Mahal, and welcome to Come to Jesus Podcast. So today we have our special guests, we have Carla and Ian Janieri. And today we can hear how God let them meet with their love story and how God used them to their ministry. Now let's welcome Carla and Ian. Oh,
1: thank you, Annette. They didn't even know how legendary our love story is, did they? That's funny.
2: I'll let you start our love story, and then I'll continue.
1: All right. Our love story started over a pool match. A pool match. Yeah. That you only get to know the results of the pool match if you know us really well, but you can know that the result of the pool match was that we got married. <laughs> and so... The very short story for me was from about 16 to about 20-ish, whatever, I was very ambitious and focused on sports and God, but they were kind of both the same. And during that time, I was struggling with some, I want to be sensitive. My mom and dad are on the podcast with us and they're legends. They're amazing and healthy and have 50-year marriage, but I want to be sensitive to that. We were, as a family, going through some inner ter- turmoil that has been healed now. And during that time, I was really looking for relationships. So I was constantly in girlfriend relationships. And so during that time, when I moved to college, I had just come out of a relationship that I thought was going to be one that I might get married in. She was a Christian, loved the Lord, all that. But I knew in my spirit, like it wasn't, I think she knew before I did, but she basically was basically saying, this isn't like what God wants. And so we made the decision in prayer together, like once we had healthily come through it to separate. And in that after that breakup, I started I started praying to the Lord in a much different manner. So I started to make a covenant with the Lord that I really didn't want to connect with anybody that in the future that was female unless it was my wife. And so I thought it was going to be years down the road. And about six months later, Carla found me and she lined up with everything that I asked the Lord about. Part of that was that she was going to have to pursue me. And so that's where I'll let her take over the story.
2: Well, I didn't find him. Like I didn't have to Google to find him.
1: There wasn't Google back then.
2: I was a transfer student. (laughs) I grew up, I was raised by a single mom in in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. And in saying that, I didn't really know what a healthy marriage looked like, or a, a relationship centered on Christ looked like. Before I met Ian, I was in a long term relationship with somebody a a bit older than me, and it became very unhealthy. So I transferred to Phoenix, Arizona to go to nursing school. And that's when actually I met Ian I think the first time we met, it was vague, but it was playing uh, volleyball. But then the first time we really talked, it was while we were playing pool. So um, <laughs> so that's how God kind of just put him in my path. And right away, I knew something was different about him. And like he said, I wasn't one to pursue boyfriends in my life. I was usually pursued. So I thought, oh, this this seems... Okay to do. And by then, how old was I now? How old were we? I'm about 18. Older. So
1: she was like 22. 22, yeah. 21, somewhere there. Like
2: 22. There's a three year difference. And so then, yeah, I met him and then began kind of pursuing that. And I mean, it took only a couple of weeks. And then we talked a lot on the phone.
1: If you want proof And then to, what did you say
2: about that on the phone? If you want
1: proof, my mom's on the call with us. So if anybody <laughs> wants to like, you know, do a fact check on this, I literally after the first day of talking to her Carla on the phone for a couple of hours, I got off the phone and called my mom who was there for the relationship previous to the disaster. And my mom had said to me, what are you doing? Like, do you love this woman? Are you like, so she had kind of helped steer me in the right direction in Phoenix when she dropped me off in college. And I called my mom and I said, mom, Mom, I met the woman I'm going to marry. And my mom, (laughs) and my mom said, see, that's fact check. And my mom said, do you even know her last name? And I didn't. (laughs) He said it's Janari. That's what you were <laughs> That's thinking, what I right? Said, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it quickly became what I appreciate about our time, like, I guess you would say falling in love, or, but there was obviously uh, something he carried. And I think it was the Holy Spirit initially, because I had been in a few years of just rough relationship, you know, just things of the world, you know, being raised by a single mom, I had a lot of and she worked full time. So I had a lot of time to do whatever I wanted, which wasn't always good. So by the time I was a transfer student, I really was focused on what God had called me to do to, you know, pursue nursing school to leave my little town of Tucson and go to Phoenix was a big shift for me. But God really, I think was in it right away. And we just talked a lot for the, I mean, we courted what we say courted for like a year because we would go out, you know, in groups as friends and just talk. And I remember just asking him a lot of questions about his faith, you know, cause I was at the age where I was kind of like, if I'm going to pursue somebody, it's going to be for marriage. And so, in being a, a child of divorce, I wanted to make sure it was a marriage that would last. So yeah, we, we courted a year and we were engaged for a year and then we were pretty young. You were 21. I was 24 when we got married.
1: You want to hear the funniest part of the story, Annette? And Mahal, you'll get Mahal, because I talked with Mahal about moving in the Holy Spirit. So you'll really get a kick out of this. This is funny. So if if your theology doesn't line up, I'm sorry. But anyways, so I was super sure that she needed to pursue me. And so I was in a volleyball match. I was watching a volleyball match with someone from our baseball team at Grand Canyon University. And I was way up in the top of the stands. And we had talked, Carla and I had talked once or twice. The, the phone call about the, the marriage thing hadn't happened yet was well, she was on the other side of the gym with who would then be some of our best friends and her roommates the next couple of years. And she walked down to the bottom of the volleyball court and she was walking across. She had told her friend, I see Ian over there. I'm going to wave at him. If he waves back, I'm going to go up there and talk to him. So she went to go get like a, a Pepsi or something at the booth and she walks by and waves at me. And I'm like mid conversation, top of the bleachers. And I stop. I was sitting with a guy named Brian and I wave, I wave at her back. And he's like, who's that? And I just said like, that's Carla. I just met her. She seems really cool. Like she seems really focused on God. And at that point he was kind of living the world, kind of checked out a bit. And she sure enough, she came back. She walked up the stairs. She sat facing me. So if anybody of you have ever sat in bleachers at a game, you know, that's awkward. So you're not supposed to face that way. So she's facing the opposite direction in the bleachers with her knees touching mine on the side. And she goes, so tell me what you think about speaking in tongues. That's how she started the conversation. <laughs> this guy was playing on the team, right? He yeah, was like a true. senior on the baseball team. And I was like a lowly red shirt. He stands up and walks away, like just leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, who is this? Like, I was like in love, you know. And so at that point, I don't remember the volleyball match. I just remember talking about Jesus with Carla. Oh,
2: that's great. That's a true story also. I, It is. Yeah, we
1: should ask if it's...
0: Yeah, I got oh, a fact. wonderful love story. And you know what's <laughs> really cool about that is when you ask signs from the Lord, and He will mm-hmm. just give you the sign that what you ask. And for me, that's a really, really great thing that, hey, this is the signs that I like, and God showed it to you. And then mm-hmm. you ask for a qualification for a woman, isn't it, Ian? And God showed it to you, and that's really, really amazing. It's a
1: miracle.
0: Thanks for sharing for that. Yes, it
1: is. And that one thing we've held ourselves to the last twenty-five years of marriage, and what we've focused on in our life is hearing God. That's we want people to hear from the Lord. We want mm-hmm. people to know they can hear God's voice, and so that's what we've prided ourselves on. Our life is growing in that area.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it's a great story to remember to recall. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. isn't
0: it so love to hear some love story
3: i know it is so fun it's our first married couple live stream it is so fun hearing their love story
0: (laughs) my question
3: for both of you so for people that are here that are still single and some are about to get married or even for people that will be listening that might have been divorced or any reason that they're not married so how are they going to know for you guys how are they how are you able to make sure that the person that you're with the one that you want or the qualification of someone you want to be with is the person that god wants you to spend your life with how do you know for sure and how do you know it comes from your from god and not just from yourself
1: yeah, yeah, she may answer the exact same way and I'll give her a chance in a second, but it's a really simple answer. Before I answer that, I want whoever is on here feeling that way to contact Rick and Pam Janari on this podcast because <laughs> my mom and dad have 50 years of marriage last October. Fifty. So mm. if you want a love story, I've written songs about it. There's there's one for you. And they know what it's like to have one of them be saved and one of them not both have a divorce at one point for a year and my dad get radically saved while they were married like so they're they're a very good resource but I'm honored that you asked us mm-hmm. so just so you know but anyway we need more of my mom and dad in the planet for us, the biggest thing for me was when I asked the Lord, "Mahal, what to do?" Like I was so broken about hurting other people in relationships that I was at the point where I was like, "Lord, I can't I can't do this again unless it's the one I'm going to marry and I need her, I need to be able to honor her and love her more than myself." And so, it can't just be what I need. Like you've given me everything I've needed I've had encounters with you. Everything's been perfect to this point. So you must have the perfect woman or you're going to make me wait till I'm 60 because I've screwed up so bad. So <laughs> what I did was I looked for someone. This was this is the answer. I looked for someone that literally fell in love with Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. And this is what I tell Mary. This is what I tell Mary, young married couples and singles. If you pursue the Lord, both of you, the right way, they should be able to fall in love with Jesus in you more than they fall in love with you. And if that happens, they'll love you more than they ever could it's true. on their own. It's true.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And I would also say, you know, God sends you who he sends you. I mean, people have different theology of, do you have one love in your life or do you not? And I, I can't challenge that. I, I'm more of, you know, if God tells you and you know, that's God, then be obedient to to that voice. So for me, I just knew that I didn't want to be in a marriage of divorce. Like I, for me, divorce is a something that lasts a lifetime in generations, you know, uh, more than any other kind of sin sometimes or any kind of brokenness. To me, divorce lasts for my whole life, I, I'll be affected by that. So, going into that, I really was when I look back, drawn to Jesus and Ian. Like you know, like I said, there was just something different. And when I talked to him and how he responded and was attentive, so for me, I would say, if you can, you're you're praying for somebody that is like they say, equally yoked. That has Jesus. It just depends on your age. So I think the older singles, I think it's really important to to be praying and pursuing somebody of the same faith. Not that God can't do bring you together with somebody of the opposite faith or atheist, but I think that's a huge thing. I mean, because marriage is hard. I mean, so to have Jesus be the first love—that's it for me. Like when when Ian and I, even once in a while. I mean, we still have arguments now, but I told him like, you stay angry maybe. 30 seconds now compared to three days. So I can always say, even recently this week, ah, Ian's acting like, I know it's he's not acting out of Jesus. So I am easily to, to forgive because I know his true identity. And I, I would say that's the other piece is just knowing your identity going into it. So you're not idolizing your your significant other or your spouse and putting them on a pedestal and because they're gonna disappoint you. Kim so for me said, that's it.
1: Kim I think it's Kim Kim also said that divorce is like living a death and you could speak into that that's what
2: I mean called. yeah, for me, divorce is like, I remember telling, I, I, maybe it was my dad before he passed, both of my parents have died. It's like living death over and over. Divorce is, you know, you, your kids miss out on one side of the family or the other, just different things for generations. So for me, it's important that Ian and I model a good marriage. So our three boys have one and kind of end that generational brokenness, so to speak because you are it's always I would say a grief journey like the, the grief's not intense anymore but you still as a child of divorce I'm still a child of parents even though they've died there's always a consequence to that and I think that's why the scripture is clear like if you stay single you stay single because once you're married you're you're divided in corinthians it talks about like it's not going to be easy I mean the scripture tells you that so but also it's beautifully modeled what you know, we would say Christ in the church, you know Adam and Eve. That it should be marriage is uh,
0: sacred and holy. So that's the long answer to that. <laughs> All right, I'm just reading some of the comments here in our chat group. Kimaro said that marriage is hard, but anything worth having can have challenge. So uh, we will open the door. Anyone wanted to ask, you can just go and mute yourself and ask a question while we are in the love story.
4: Hi, good morning. I, I know I joined late, but uh, my name is Kim, yeah. and uh, I, wanna, I'm, I am an older single, and I am divorced. I love listening to your story. It, it's so beautiful. When I got married, I was 20, and I was not, you know, I knew the Lord, but man, I'm 54 now, and I I know I'm a whole lot better, yeah, it's different. and uh, I could have used a lot of uh, prayer and a different approach when I was married. My my marriage lasted seven years, mm. both of us Christian, but uh, I have been divorced a, a long time and not remarried, but listening to your story is, is really beautiful because there are ups and downs. And, you know, sometimes it does take another time to get, to, to, to get it right for some of us. So um, <laughs> I, I have not been bitter about marriage in many years. Mm. I was right at first when I got divorced. Mm. But it is so beautiful and I've learned so much more. I would volunteer at church for marriage conferences for, you know, to help out because they needed singles to help out. And you can hear all of the information that's being given at these conferences that actually help you to, Mm -hmm. to rethink and to grow in that area of wanting to be in a relationship again. I really, really am just like loving and feeling so warm about hearing your guys' story.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Thank, Thank you. you.
1: I know it's not a question, but I, I would love to take something that you said and build on it a little bit for people because it goes along with Mahal's and Annette's questions about how do you know? And it's not the beginning part of that question. It's it's kind of what Carla's talking about, how you stay sustainable. Something that she said is huge, Kim. I'm so glad you said it. She said, I'm not bitter anymore. Mm-hmm. That sounds so cliche to I'm sure a bunch of people that have gone through divorce, but it's easy for us to sit here and say this, but I'm going to kind of pull the 25 year married card out and say this 48 hours ago, Carl and I were having a hard time together. And it was because of a few things that we just didn't connect on communication wise. And it could have been in in our early years, it could have been easy to hold bitterness and to be just what she was talking about and not see Jesus and not go to Jesus. But on the flip side, if something does break, in this case, Kim was vulnerable enough to share she was divorced. It's so massive what she just said, because in the kingdom, I want you guys to take notes on this. If you don't get through forgiveness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. bitterness, the Lord cannot, he cannot justly give you what he wants to give you that the enemy took. If the enemy is invited into things in your life. You you bring it by invitation. Then we have an advocate in Christ, and we ask, we confess. He gives us our new name, and we walk in repentance, mind change, and we transform. But most of the time, if it's not our soul, if the enemy or something outside of us intrudes in our life, in mm-hmm. our marriage, in our life, in our intimacy with our... We have just cause to ask for seven times what the enemy took out of our life. Okay? Okay. We're not promised as missionaries. Thankfully, we've seen a lot of fruit, but we're not promised as believers to see the fruit of our ministry. Hebrews 11 says that. Mm -hmm. But justice comes swiftly. You cannot find a place in the Bible where justice does not come swiftly. And here's the great part about the king. His throne, according to Psalms, is built on two things, righteousness and justice. So not only is justice demanded, And he sits on the throne of justice, but his very throne is built on righteousness and justice. Mm -hmm. And so the way that gets implemented is that we forgive. Jesus says it in John 20, forgive those and they'll be forgiven. Mm -hmm. If you withhold, it will be withheld. And so if, in this case, Kim forgives, gets past bitterness because she puts the judge on the throne, not herself, right? Which we've all done. Now we place that person with mercy on the throne. We say, Jesus, you have your way and be merciful with them. We don't want to see them go to hell, but he will. He will correct them. He will bring discipline. There will be, we put the, him on the throne, God back on the throne. We take ourselves off of it. Mm-hmm. And we say, have your way with justice. I forgive that person. I don't have to trust them anymore or anything, but I bless them. I I say, put them in your hands. The Lord is now granted in balance to be able to give you from three to seven times what the enemy took. And so what Kim confessed to us, what she just professed was if she should choose to hear God and him say there's a marriage in the future, it's going to be abundantly seven times better than what she ever imagined.
2: And she can stay single and be blessed yeah. seven times.
1: <laughs> but that but getting but that forgiveness piece yeah. is huge.
2: Yeah.
1: And good. I and if you haven't prayed for that, Kim, I would encourage you to start praying for to get back what the enemy did take not what you invited, but what was taken Mm -hmm. because he's got it. It's just sitting up there in the storage room. John Paul Jackson said one time in one of his messages that the people that died in the 911 towers in New York, those families were granted a settlement of over a million and a half dollars each, but they had three stipulations. And one of them was they had to report in that they were family. If they never told, if they never submitted the documents, they never received the million and a half. So it's the same with you, Kim. You just confess the document, who you are, who you belong to. Now you just have to say, now, give me the seven times what it is you want to give me, however, that looks mm-hmm. right. The mm-hmm. disciples in the book of Acts said it this way they've come against you for your namesake, and we've been persecuted, and we glorify you that we got the chance. Now, come swiftly with miracles, signs, and wonders, and courage to preach your with boldness your word to those. And from that moment on, you see it multiply 1,000, 3,000, multiple mm-hmm. justice. It's good. Thanks, Kim. Good word.
3: Yes, thank you for sharing that with us, Kim, and thank you, Ian, for that feedback that you gave from what Kim just shared with us. And my question for both of you is something that a lot of people would ask, and also for my half-sister, Jean, that who's here with us in the right now, and she's getting ready to... Get married soon. And also, for the people that will be listening, either they're dating someone or they're about to get married, or it doesn't matter how long that they've been married. And I'd also love to hear if your parents wants to let us know what they think about this question or their answer in this question is Is there a secret in having a successful marriage? Is there a secret in being married successfully? I guess that's my question. So yes, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on it, Ian and Carla. And your parents could also answer. So I'm sorry. And as you know, another cliffhanger. So make sure to follow us so you don't miss the next part of our live stream. And I promise you, you wouldn't want to miss the answer to where we left off and the rest of our conversation. Thank you so much. And also, if you feel in your heart in supporting us and being partnered with us so we could keep continue doing live stream and create good content for all of you, you could do so by giving us a one-time donation or being a member so you could join us and be with us whenever we do the live stream and unlock exclusive posts and messages and also access the full library and you'll also receive a newsletter in your email once a month from us and we could also pray with you at the same time and the most important part is you get to partner with us as we share the word of God to the world thank you so much and now let's reflect through everything we've heard and listen to this beautiful music from our Spotify sponsor and always remember to come to Jesus daily until next time
4: Tears take a breath Lay your head on my chest Let me hold you through the night Bye.
0: This life will be hard But you and me won't When it's time To say goodbye We'll rest in our foundation
4: Hand in hand
0: On our knees Nothing between us Cause in the end Even death could only